What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 311 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined, as always, by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. Via Skype, to my left, Kyle Brackey. To the right, you know him as, well, it depends on where he's traveling that week. Sometimes he's the Fargonaut. Sometimes he's, do you have any other favorites? Um... Not off the top of my head. Not off the top of your head. <laughs> he always has a changing Twitter name, but his name is Andrew Spay in real life, and he's not going to throw a hissy fit that I use his actual name like like Nomad would. And he's here because he cracked the code. He figured it out. Um, we were answering the uh, age-old question, why was six afraid of seven? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Right. That was a tease. Oh, that's a tease. Classic Industry tease. term. Yeah. Look it up. Wanted to start with a classic Sandy Stevens correction. Um, this isn't a correction. And honestly, shame on Willie and Kyle for not correcting me in the moment. And for you guys not organically reaching this conclusion. We, our Penn State best team ever, it should have clearly gone 74 Ed Ruth, 84 Bo Nickel, 97 Quinton. But you guys let me say Mark Hall... Ed Ruth, Quentin Wright. Shame on all of us. I don't think that that's what we said. There's it a is. lot of egg on no. our faces right now. No, that mm. happened. That happened, First Willie. That what, you said, we voted Mark Hall in? Mark Hall over Matt Brown. And we kept it moving. Mark Hall only has two Because remember, we were, like, we were like, Bo Nichols not on this team right now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, somebody did catch it. I think somebody tweeted at us, maybe. Yeah, I know. I don't know. After, after we completely screwed it up and messed up the best Penn State team. The egg's on our face. It's all mm. all over us. Scrambled, fried, just egg everywhere. Yeah, we but, messed up. But you manned up and, and you issued a correction. And This is a correction. Yeah, that takes a lot. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it, takes a, it takes a big man to admit that Ed Ruth should be on the, on the team and Bo Nickel. Um, also, this is a, this is a more uh, – this is a, a correction for sure. We were pretty sure that Ben Askren never lifted a weight. And then, lo and behold, on flowwrestling.org, there's there's video of Ben Askren lifting weights. Now, it was 10 years ago. No one said it was a lot of weight, but the man's getting after it. He's lifting weights. Apologies, Ben Askren, a.k.a. Teddy Atlas. Uh, he is. He, he obviously doesn't look like he uh, he lifts a lot, and he doesn't, um, he doesn't wrestle a style that – Makes you think that strength is one of his things, but that dude is strong. Yeah, that dude is. When he touches you, it's like, don't touch me. I, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's a classic. Everyone has that friend, the puncher friend. He's like, hey, but it stinks when it's Ben Askren's the puncher friend guy. And yeah. He just like punches you in the ribs. It's like, Ben, you're a professional fighter. You're you're punching us. That happened to me. He gave me a playful shoulder tap, and it was like a dead arm. You know, like when, yeah. when you, like, you just knuckle right on someone's shoulder muscle. He's just a nice, playful guy, but then, he, he, you know, when he's punch friend, everyone has punch friend. Rarely is punch friend an undefeated MMA fighter slash Olympian. Punch friend. <laughs> with, with mutant strength. Okay. So, um, we, uh, I guess it was a couple days hey. ago... What? Has anybody talked to Nomad, though? Is he safe? So I'm assuming he's safe because I texted him. Now, texting Nomad is about like texting Willie. You're unlikely to get any sort of response. You're probably going to get blown off. It's going to annoy you. doesn't matter who you are. could be me. could be could be Burroughs. It, it, it could be yeah. basically anyone. And he will blow them off, as will Willie. So I was like, hey, man, 157 tears because he said he, he would do them and put them in the dock. You know, eight hours goes by, he doesn't hit me back. I'm like, eh, we might have lost him. Then, <laughs> later on, in, in the night, because you know his circadian rhythm's off, he's like, he gave me a, a thumbs up emoji. And um, get up this morning, there they are, the 157 tears. So, either he is still alive. I believe he's still alive. I believe that's that's evidence. Um, he probably found a nice table to crawl under and, uh, and chill. <laughs> yeah, he did sleep under a table this summer. And oh, he was chilling. He, was he wasn't hanging. sleeping. That he was, was a correction out. that we we were we were trying to make light of the fact that Nomad slept under a table, um, and he said, "No, I didn't sleep under the table. I was chilling." Yeah. So a big difference. Apologies to Nomad on that one. All right. <laughs> no one more chill than hanging out than the wrestling. <laughs> Just Nomad. hanging out. Well, so anyways, we hope that Nomad's having a very fun, prosperous vacation in Baltimore. Um, 
Pat Downey, if he's there, I think I think Pat's truck may have been repossessed. Right. What? Something. The, something happened. The man. All right, follow. Don't follow, but definitely follow Pat Downey on Instagram. His story had his truck getting towed. Oh, um, no. Breaking so, news. It, yeah, and he was in the truck at the time. We <laughs> can do that, repossess while he's in it. Well, he got it's also it. called kidnapping, isn't <laughs> he, it? No, he got out and he got a ride. He got a ride he, from the tow guy. He escaped. He seemed they to be slow down for him at least. So now it's kind of a role reversal. We're used to Nomad what? not having a vehicle, but now What's Pat the... doesn't. So I hope he helps him out. What's the odds that Pat Downey, somebody would show up to tow his truck, and Pat Downey just wouldn't kick the crap out of him? Say, next topic. You're mischaracterizing Pat. I don't think he would. I don't think he would do that. It's all in the game, as it were. Um, okay, so here's here's the here's the quick Set Cliff up. Notes version of this seeding thing. Six seeds are outperforming seven seeds at a consistent level in NCAA wrestling. Yes. Mm -mm. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on how you slice and dice it and look at it. But I guess if you want to consider it. Uh, this all started, me and Nomad were talking about uh, this new thing we're going to have for the fall, uh, not called Bracketology, because that is uh, trademarked and copyrighted, but perhaps uh, Brachistrology. And we'll get more into that later, but we're talking <laughs> all about, we're, we want to break down brackets in depth never seen before. And Nomad brought up the point that we are now, we are probably going to see the NCAA seating committee is going to seat out basically the top 28 now, and then randomly draw the final five guys into... Uh, the brackets, and then we started talking about, well, should we reseed, or there's a lot of, not really a lot of questions, but we're just going through all the details of what that might mean, and eventually said, well, some seeds probably outperform other seeds, like if you look at NCAA uh, basketball brackets, uh, you're better off as the 11 seed if you want to make the final four than as an eight or a nine, because then you got to go through number one, mm -hmm. whereas 11 seed only has to go to, uh, through a three. Um, Anyway, so what I did is I took results from the last NCAs, have my nice little spreadsheet, started nerding around with it, and figured out that um, if everything, if the seeds are accurate reflections of talent level, you'd expect a nice orderly uh, drop from result with every seed. So the number one seeds average um, a one or uh, one or two placement. So anyway, the way I looked at it, the way I broke it down, is I took a result and I assigned a number value to that. One for finishing first, two for finishing second. That's obvious. Round of 12 guys get uh, a value of 12, 16, 24, and 32. And then I took every seed uh, since the year 2000, and I calculated the average finish for that seed over each year and then in total. And if you expect seeds to be accurate reflections, as if, you know, if the seeding committee is you know, doing a reasonable job, which there's no reason to think they're not, uh, then there should be an orderly progression. Uh, the number one seed... Average is 1.9, uh, or wait, hold on, let me go, from 2000 to 2018. And we picked those dates because that's how far back my data goes. No, I wasn't trying to game the system or whatever. That's literally just the arbitrary, arbitrarily set extent of the database. So number one seeds average a finish of 2.8, meaning some of them finish first. Some people who get number one seeds finish uh, lower than that uh, on the podium, but it averages to 2.8 over the last 19 years. Uh, second seed averages uh, four placement and all the way down, and you'd expect an orderly drop. But when you get to six and seven, seven uh, averages seven seeds average uh, a better placement than six seeds, and uh, it doesn't happen every year, and it doesn't happen uh, with every little chunk of years that you look at. But, but over time, over the time, data. the more years that you look at, it flattens out the ups and downs and gives you a consistent picture that sixes. Uh, do worse than sevens. Yes. And so it comes back to that question that we teased earlier. Why is six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. No, wrong. Now wrong. you have an actual answer in NCAA brackets. Cross-bracketing. Yes. The and then the, cross-bracketing. Right. And we'll skip to the punchline. It's cross-bracketing. So if you just take a, a blank uh, NC2A bracket, bracket, NC2A, and you, uh, the double brackets, now what they do is they cross-bracket. So with each successive round, you go to either top or bottom of the consolation bracket if you lose to do that to avoid uh, seeing an early rematch in the constellation of a guy you just saw. Now, the consequence of that is in the blood round, in here, if you just fill it out with chalk, the sixth seed is likely to see the nine seed in the blood round, whereas the seventh seed is likely to see the 12 seed. Now, you go, all right, well, that doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> you know, obviously, it doesn't always go all chalk. It could just be a chance or random occurrence. But the point is, because 
you can expect that more than, or that is the most likely arrangement over mm -hmm. time. Those little advantages pushes seven. It basically makes them equal. So it's almost like instead of an eight and nine being a toss up, these guys all finish the same. It shifts that to the seven and six being just about equal. Although the the seven does maybe a little bit outperform the six when you look at all the data, and then the eight actually does better than nine. Whereas if there was no consolation bracket, an eight and nine would probably be exactly even. But because so, we have double elimination cross bracketing, it's the six and the seven that is you don't have to worry about it in the season. So NCAA wrestling coaches. Yes, when here's you're the in your seating meetings, line. don't you quibble over to get the six instead of the seven. Yeah. You Say, you know what? We're good here. You can bank that. Seven's fine. If your guys, if they're fighting over six or seven, you go, hey, I'll be the bigger guy. Just go ahead and wow. give my guy the seven. But I expect you to give me a little bit of the benefit of the doubt further down when someone else is getting seated. You can look like a great guy. And um, yeah, also be self-serving. And it's an ideal world. All that data, I put as much as I could in an article. There's some actually that didn't fit in the article, so my apologies. I'm going to try to figure out a way for everyone we to put, look at it. We put spare uh, spay on a character count. So. Yeah, there's there's the tables only so many uh, uh, columns fit in the article, but it's up on the site. Uh, it'll be running now or soon. It's on the site right now. Number yep. number two. Number two. Uh, check it out. And then by all means, <clears> if there's <throat> something that got messed up in there or whatever, uh, let me know. But I think it's pretty. I mean, so we have the reason. But yeah. Information. You throw a lot. You threw a lot of stuff out, um, and you explained it pretty well. But yeah. What? I, in, in summation, sevens have been outperforming sixes because, uh, in the Conti side, they in the blood round they draw a twelve, right? Uh, sevens. Yes. Sevens draw a twelve, and six draw the nine. Obviously, nine's a tougher matchup than a twelve. Yes, you would expect. Um, were you were you surprised? I mean, you you you're a mat, you you're good with numbers. Were you surprised like before before you started your research? Did you expect did you expect it to be number 1 seeds outperform number 2 seeds? Number 2s outperform number 3s and on down cuz I thought there'd be more variation. I thought there'd be like you know, 8s and 9s are flip-flopped and yeah. Sevens and tens are about even. And so if you just go year by year, like last year, for example, uh, sixes uh, well outperformed sevens. Mm -hmm. So if you just look at any bracket, you have all sorts of crazy stuff happening ha uh, happens. And we all are aware of that. That's what makes the brackets fun. That's why NCAA tournament is so much fun, because you got bracket busters, Cinderella stories, and all that. But I figured over enough time, you get more and more data in there. The seeds should overall on average reflect a true talent level and that should be uh reflected in the results um now yeah. more than uh, anything this shows that the ncaa wrestling tournament is typically seated quite well properly right? even yeah. even down to the uh, uh, anomaly i guess you could call this an, an anomaly or even the thing it just kind of doesn't really make sense on paper yeah a little quirk in the this, way this quirk actually validates that it's seated properly and that they have a tougher seated guy, therefore they do worse. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be if you looked at that and if you just looked at how a bracket went down and you didn't even look at how the seeds and placements worked out, you would go, oh, that's interesting. Sevens actually have an easier path to uh, All-American status. And then if it didn't show up then in the data, you'd be like, hmm, that is actually odd but we did it in the other order. So you go, oh, there's an oddity here. I wonder why that is. And then you look at your bracket and you go, ah, a little, little uh, revelation. But then if you look at, so I also broke down by year and that was the, the table that didn't fit in there, but there are all sorts of in, um, instances and maybe I'll get figure out how to put this on maybe just a screenshot, but every year there are about uh, four or five instances where a lower seed will outperform, uh, or a, a higher seed will outperform the lower seed, mm -hmm. which you don't expect. Um, but that is just that is that is the random fluctuations and variances that you'd expect, um, or that that just happens. Um, that doesn't mean the seeding committee didn't do a good job there. Um, but then when you aggregate more and more data, it smooths out these random variances in uh, your numbers. Um, and as you said, shouts to the seeding committee um, because overall. Uh, there'll always be things to complain about every year. That's not going to change. But when you look at the big picture, they're they're definitely doing their job. Nice. So shouts to them. Okay. So that's uh, that's your your daily data. 
that is Bay's not, Nerd Corner. That is not daily, but we'll just call it that because anytime you can throw some alliteration in there. Oh, that's wrestling's that's favorite all, thing. You got to do that's it. All wrestling people do. Yeah. It. Um, all wrestling people. I mean, agony and names. People. Agony and names. Rumble on the rails. Grapple in the garden. Grapple in the gridiron. The everything. Everything's alliterative, or it's night southern scuffle. Battle at the birthplace. Yes. They, no one loves alliteration more than more than wrestling, and we love you guys for it. Okay. As I mentioned previously, the wrestling nomad, while he is eating crab cakes and um, drinking natty bows, no doubt. Mm. I hear that's what Maryland does. That's what that's what they do. He still put in the 157 tiers, and this will be fun to talk about. I've enjoyed the tier discussion, and I have a couple quibbles, but I think in general, once again, ever since 133. And he had, he had to take a pretty substantial beating there. We bludgeoned him pretty good. But he's been back on the path, and I think he's done a pretty solid job where we just have some minor quibbles. No Austin DeSanto behind Austin Gomez type of gaffes. Tier 1, number 1, Jason Nolf. I think we're good here. Tier 2, Hayden Heidley, Alec Pentelio, Ryan Deacon. Okay. That's a pretty small tier, and I think it's a little presumptuous having... I think I think Deacon's awesome. I think Patelio's awesome, but I think there's some guys that could jump into tier two. So let's let me get to tier. Uh, th- what? Yeah, let's. Like the guy who took third last year. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. All right, I'll, I'll say his name: Tyler Berger, Josh Shields. I will actually defend Tyler Berger in tier three. Please, just look at this man's season. Look at it. Uh, Read it. Yeah, it sure. I mean, all down to Big Tens. He had he he had one tournament, and I think you could say, all right, well, he was an All American before because I got caught up with Berger all last year. I was just waiting. I was like, I know he's this good. He can definitely turn it around, and like to the point, I kept saying it, and it just did not happen. And but the, until it did at NCAA's, right? So I can actually get with it that like, man, he had a good tournament uh, for sure. But man, it's really tough to ignore. And Bracky's got this got his season up. Maybe you could. Um, explain some of the lowlights there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I got pinned by Kennedy Monday, which was a little odd at the time. It was pretty but he early totally should have lost to him early at uh, Vegas, too. I'm yes. pretty sure that was... Two losses to Andrew Crone. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, Sorry, the rest Andrew. are fine. I, I mean, you're going to... A loss to Josh thing. Shields... It was an All-American, a loss to Pantelio, lost to Hydley, lost to Pantelio, the two losses to Crone. So Crone lost to Micah. I will say that CP going into, I brought up yeah. the uh, rankings that we did throughout the whole year. He was as low as 12 going into the Big Tens. Yeah. So yeah. this was a fringe All-American, even though he did All-American the year before, mm-hmm. and we all know he's nails, but uh, there were some question marks uh, throughout the season as 57 got you know other guys stepped up i actually became resigned to the fact that there was and there may have been like he was just hurt or i just don't think even though yeah he only has like a couple losses that really stand out i felt like he just didn't look burger-esque i he he can beat the pentelios he can beat the the micas he can beat those guys and he just wasn't even in his wins he didn't look i think yeah i think that's more what it is because at CKLV, he should have lost first round to Kennedy Monday. Then he beats this uh, Romani, Romani 7-5 in Sun Victory. And then Justin Thomas. We were both Matt's side for that one. That was crazy. He was losing by like three with like 30 seconds left. Forces it to go to overtime with the last second takedown. And then wins in overtime. So he had two Sun Victory guys or wins with guys that are below him yes. significantly. So I think it was just more how he looked all year than the actual wins and losses he started at like five made it to four after the first couple of weeks but then it was slowly you know going down to eight eleven ten twelve well he just kept guys just kept were getting some good wins and he just mm-hmm. wasn't really able to rebound even though he was losing to quality guys for the end he wasn't able to climb any now what i'll say while we're on the burger topic this is something i asked willie about why would he not go down to 49 if he can make 49 he is unquestionably, in my mind, a title contender if he if he's at his best. He can 100% win 149 pounds, and it is a fact. He cannot win 157. Really, probably no one can. Um, Sibnall. 
Except Nolf. He I, can. Nolf can. They're not going to allow nobody to win. <laughs> yes, that's true. Or they'll cancel it because of Nolf. So I think <laughs> I think he should go down. I think they should strongly um, consider this with him. They did. It was an idea before last season ended. It it's a great idea. idea. It was an idea that maybe, hey, maybe next year we can adjust the lineup and maybe Berger goes 49. Now, Christian, it surprises me that you were so adamant about this. Like, Berger should go 49. Berger should go 49. I mean, because I'm the guy that always says, yeah, he can make it. But I, what, what if he can't make it? Like, and be healthy. Well, then you obviously don't do it. But I've I've just been told for a while that he's not that big. He could go forty nine. That's kind of something that I've been told for a while. It, it, that's if that's completely untrue, then it would be really stupid for him to go one forty nine. But if he can, and you're you're basically saying that it's a possibility that it, at least at least from uh, a physical standpoint. No, I'm not saying that he can make forty nine. I'm saying I'm saying they thought about it. They talked about it. I don't know if. Who knows? Maybe that's the reason that he, he's not going 49 is because it's too much of a pool. I don't know. Okay. Understood. Yeah. But if he could, I think it'd be a good idea, Tyler Berger. Make 49 even that much crazier. So tier mm. two is, is Berger and Shields. Now, would you put three. Would you put Deacon over Berger and Shields? So Definitely over Shields. And okay. Deacon did not All-American, would think was one of the surprises of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But going back to the last year's rankings, he started at 10-13 as a redshirt freshman. He was up at 5 before the tournament. So going into Big Tens, Deacon was 5 and Berger was 12. And so obviously his, they had great His losses at NCAAs were Sertzis and Sorensen. Yeah. Decent. Well, the Sertzis, yeah. Well, Deacon was really hurt, right? 4-3 and 4-2. Wow. Was he, was he not really banged up at NCAAs? That would be news to me. I don't he know. did default oh, I, out of I, Big Tens. I thought he was really hurt. He looked good but in the spring uh, at at Akron, but of course, he, I mean, he could have been healthy at that point. I, I think Deacon's okay there. I think I think Berger and Deacon <laughs> maybe in a comparable realm. Here's a guy I think's coming up into. There's a couple I think could come up into the tier two. I think tier two and tier three are actually the same group, personally. Um, I would put Makai Lewis in there. Oh yeah, for sure. I was surprised to see him at 57. Didn't he do all his redshirt year yeah. at 65? Well, yes. Which is, I mean, that, that's not unheard of. People don't want to cut while they're redshirting. Why not? So, he, I know he looks really big, but apparently he's just not super heavy. Plus, McFadden's there at 65. It just makes, right. more, makes more sense for their lineup. McFadden can't go 57, apparently. Uh, so, I think Makai will be fine at 57. I think he's... If he's effective there, if it's, if it's no issue, which I'm told it's not going to be a problem him going 57, I think he is. He he can he can wrestle with Pentelio. He can wrestle with Deacon. You know, if he has two or three cracks at Hydley, maybe he can get him one time. Those are going to be really close matches, I, I think. So I, I really I expect a great career from Makai Lewis. Um, watch out for him. I would also say keep this ACC train rolling. Kennedy Monday, if he gets a modicum of consistency, his high end, I mean, we saw his high end, what it can do. He can beat Joy LaValle, he beat Tyler Berger. What else do you need to say? Well, he's got some really weird losses. If he can be consistent, he is he's a finalist threat, okay? He ain't beating Nolf, but he's actually a pretty interesting guy. If he does get consistent, he'll at least make it kind of fun against Nolf. He'll probably get destroyed and um, ridden into the ground, but could start. He could catch him in something. Maybe Nolf's gotten taken down well, a couple could, times. That would electrify the crowd if he gets the first takedown against. He, Nolf. He's definitely. I could see him like taking down Nolf twice and get up four four two and then getting like majored or something. <laughs> like I, that's that's within Nolf and that's within Monday. That's certainly Nolf's uh, can do that. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't care. Um, so <laughs> those are the guys as I see it that could emerge in there. You know, I love David Carr. I don't think we'll see him this year, so I don't want to throw him in there. And another one we should, we have to mention that uh, that Nomad made note of that it's not in here is Micah Jordan. If we subscribe to the McKenna goes 49, Keyshawn 41, Micah 57, I think he's there in that tier two as well, um, for sure, with yep. with Hayden, with Pentelio, with Deacon. We were looking up. <laughs> I, <laughs> I trolled Willie pretty hard um, <laughs> Tuesday. I had I had Willie going because I said if Micah goes 57, he's gonna go down as the best to never win an NCAA title. Best. 
in, this is in our little our little Google Google chat thing where you can't see my face obviously, and he Willie believed that I believed that. So like he had, was like throwing out all these names and stuff of people who semi, were semi. I semi believe. No, Willie, you believed it. I, I I literally wrote in there like you don't really believe this. Did you? Is somebody saying this? Is this like from a message board and you're just perpetuating it and you're just messing with me? It was a total joke. Um, obviously he wouldn't. Be, but then Kyle and I started. Then we're having fun with it because we're messing with you. We're sitting side by side. We start looking up all of Micah's wins and he has beaten some monsters. He's beaten Sorensen. He's beaten Kimmer. Burger, yeah. I want to say. Yep. So he beat a lot of really, really good guys. So then, really it, fueled that prank. It really fueled. It really fueled the fire that he may actually be the best to never win a title. <laughs> and then you're like, he's even better than Bo. Yeah. And, and as they're looking up, as they're looking up these wins, they're typing them into me in, into the chat, and I'm like, that's when I started being like, these guys really think this maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Never mind your best friend's Brian Snyder, and that he might be—he might make that list, but who knows? Okay, so we would put Mike. Well, I mean, my my group. first thought when you said Mike, I was like, Bo is better. Bo is like his brother. You're right. That's that is a fact. The two best brothers never to win it. Two best brothers from Ohio that never win it. Okay, I'll read the rest of Tier Four: Makai Lewis, David Carr, Mitch Fine, Silver, Paul Fox. Mm. Kennedy Monday, John Van Brill, Steve Blyes. I think that's a fair, fair group. You grimaced with with Paul Fox. Oh, I love him. <laughs> he's the goat. He's still eligible. I know. He's he's, he's all American. Yeah, all American. Paul Fox. Two years ago, right? Two years ago. Yeah, he was on. He's like a bubble guy for a lot of the year based on his wins and losses. Bubble but qualifier. Then he then he R twelve. I know. Yeah. The man lives he for March. He loves the NCAAs. He lives for March. Hey, good for him. <laughs> and I'll read Tier 5, and then we can uh, discuss further. Xander Wick, Mike D'Angelo, Andrew Schomers, Oklahoma State now, LE3, Larry Early, Caleb Young, slash Jaron Glosser, slash Jeremiah Moody, slash Nelson Brands, T- uh, Taleb Romani, Gordon Wolf slash Ian Brown, Tyler Marinelli, and Hunter Willits. I don't see much... Movement in from tier five to tier four, as I mentioned, I could see some tier four guys in the second tier, but I think this is a pretty fair. Are there guys we're missing here that could be uh, impact dudes at one fifty seven? Freddie Stroker, I'm I'm gonna continue to ride that one. I don't. There's no there's no evidence that would suggest Freddie Stroker is going to all American at NCAA's. But I'm still just going back to literally like high school and redshirt stuff and. Saying, you know what? I'm not sell. I'm just hanging on to that stock. I'm not gonna sell it. You can't get make me sell it, Willie. <laughs> I'm sticking with Stroker. I think Stroker could be a guy that emerges as a rankable dude, NCAA qualifier. Maybe can can uh, crash around to 12. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't have any issues with that. Um, there's there's a lot of guys. Okay, before I make that point, can I have some answers on Xander Wick? Did he miss? What? How, how was he got, his year left? He got hurt in the in the middle yeah. of the year. Okay. Yeah, finish the year. I think he made it to Midland, no, or he might have been out before Midlands. I can't exactly recall. Give you a rundown. We'll get we'll get the rundown from KB. Eleven and six, just wrestled through CKLV. That is not very. That was long. a meat grinder that tournament. So losses. Yeah. A lot of good men. Losses. We lost. Uh, Massa Con- got hurt real bad and Connor was never Schramm. himself again. Connor Schramm. Connor Schramm. Yeah. He screamed so loud, Willie. It was. It was horrifying. Yeah, and then he threw his headgear almost through one of those partitions that was dividing the place. It went through it, actually. Yeah, hole right Destroyed through. Destroyed like, it. Like the Kool-Aid man. Right to the strip. Who else? So he Who was 12-4 and four with losses to – two losses to Maruka, a loss to Deacon, and Colton McChrystal. That ain't bad. No. No. Do you have any good wins? No. <laughs> Boom, took him out. Uh, oh, yeah. He beat – he tech fault Jarrett Deegan, hmm. who was around right, so, the 12. Major Deegan. So um, in, in t- within Tier 5, I'm interested in Wick. I'm interested in Shomers. I'm interested in whoever Iowa throws out. Um, I like <clears throat> I like Hunter Willits from Oregon State, yes. who I didn't, I didn't think he had a bad year at all. Um, what, what's interesting to me, too, in Tier 6 is listen to these. These guys were like 
upper level, upper echelon recruits in tier six. It's like, I don't want to say graveyard, but there's all these, there's all these like yeah. top five. Um, Griffin, Perriott. Yeah. Now, a lot of them are young. Griffin Perriott's only going to be sophomore. A, a sophomore. Um, Quentin Hovis is a guy that was ranked number one in the country at one time. It's probably a bad I, ranking. What, what did he? Well, he beat David Carr. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a perfectly earned ranking. Quentin Hovis what was is, 18 and six last year. Jake Danishek, Freddie Stroker. So, are we? What was Quentin Hovis this year like? 18 and six. I'm really interested in him. Um, he had losses to like Cam Coy and Eric Hong last year, so not. There, there's, there's two other. There's listen two other good ones. Yep. These guys, listen to the guys that are top. They were top five ranked in high school. Coy was ranked way. number one at one point. Yeah. Griffin Perriot, Quentin Hovis, um, Jake Danishek, Freddie Stroker, Eric Hong, Cam Coy. They're all in tier six here. Dewey Kruger. Dewey Kruger was not. <laughs> Watch, he's going to I feel like Jake he's Tucker had a good year. But Jake Tucker might have been up there, too. He went 20-18 and 18 as a freshman, redshirt freshman. How about the ACC at this weight? Because I like Taylor Bromani a lot. I, every time I watch him, I'm like, He gives this dudes kid, problems every single time. Uh, he's, yeah. he's insanely good on his feet. He's really freaking slick. Another guy kind of put it, puts it together. But the ACC is only, it's Hayden. Makai Lewis, Decent. Kennedy, Kennedy Monday, um, who's UVA is probably going to be the only one that doesn't have. No, they have Cam Coy, Taylor Bramani, and um, that way is nails. There's another one. I'm, oh, Mitch Feinsilver. Yeah, he's Fein uh, he famously beat like six All Americans uh, going into this year or something yes. like that. Yeah. So that that's only good. Literally, ACC is sending everyone at that way as long as they all wrestle full seasons. Like that is. That is insane. I love the ACC, as you guys <laughs> may or may not know. I like how Iowa and Lehigh are going to have at least two national qualifying level guys, and that means whoever is going to win that battle internally is going to have a really good shot because, you know, it, it, it's just a, a deeper talent pool within each team to go with. So whoever emerges, I think, I, I has feel some like, chances. I feel like Lehigh every year could send 14 to 15 guys In to the middleweights especially, yeah. They just, man. Crazy deep. They get all guys to a certain level, pretty much. Love what they're doing. So that's 157. Um, you know, it's it stinks. It's it's a little zanish with with someone as good as Nolf, who was like hurt and smashed his way through NCAA's. It's got to be a little uh, deflating, but still going to be a fun weight because I think even though Hayden certainly cemented himself as the clear number two guy, I think you can at least hypothesize that guys can compete with him. And uh, maybe make that finals, that spot opposite Nolf, um, somewhat interesting. Any other closing thoughts on 157 pounds? Uh, no. Okay. I think I think you nailed it. Good. Thank, no. And uh, thank you to thank you to Nomad for doing this. All the way from Balmer, Merlin. All the way. County. Still grinding. Baltimore County. Balmer County. Okay, so let's get to some questions from our friends. What college programs would Flo like to visit next summer like they did this year? That's a great question because I love to think back to the times when we were just just the boys on the road <laughs> going to cool college wrestling teams. Um, where would we like to go? Well, I would love to get back home. I'd love to go hit the ODU, UVA, Virginia Tech, hit um, George Mason, Catch up mm, with G catch up with uh, Beasley. That'd be a great little um, circle there, all within a couple hours of each other. We could go back to where I used to live, right next to Fairfax County in Arlington. We could definitely go to that apartment and just like see what's up and just yeah, like, hang out, yep. pour some out. Yep, that's where I would like to go. Um, <clears throat> I also this would not be super possible with a road trip because it's not near much. But I want to go to Wyoming. Want to go to to Laramie. I can't imagine how beautiful that place is in uh in the summer. Mm. That'd be awesome. But, what Laramie? Yeah. What? Willie's skeptical. What? Willie's what? not down with. I him. live there. Yeah, I know. We're not taking you. You refuse to go on road trips with us. Yeah, so. you're out on friendship. You left us, and you're true. like. No, you, yes. You could no. have ri ridden in the van with us. You chose not to. You could have at least gone to Lock Haven with us. 
<laughs> yeah, don't. You're a fraud. You didn't want to. Don't act like you want to. You totally could have, and you didn't. Those are the facts. They are undeniable, and stop. That's not true. No. It's not true. You told me I couldn't go because of budgetary issues. That is 100% lie. Yeah. Everyone knows it's a lie, a lie, and you're a liar. Now you're forever <laughs> a liar. I hope you're happy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any others? You guys throw out schools. Lying. I think you left out uh, your the, the closest school to uh, your old home. Washington and Lee. The, Washington and Lee, yeah. We want to, yeah, I'll have to show you guys. And VMI. Lexington. But VMI, yeah, next door neighbors. Um, uh, I like all the SoCon schools, so that would include VMI. But all the guys in North Carolina, uh, App State, uh, we go to Chattanooga for Southern Scuffle. But um, uh, App, State's App State's kinda, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I've never been there. Boone, I do want to go. Boone, North Carolina. Love a good mountain town. Yeah, can't beat it. No Appalachians, and then uh, and then the West Coast. I mean, Willie's obviously, Creek. Willie, where West do you want to go? Lehigh. Go? Uh, Willie wants to go Lehigh. <laughs> <laughs> where do I want to go on a road trip? Is that the question? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Willie. Lafayette. Well, wake maybe. up, buddy. Oh, I'm at, I'm confirmed. Yeah, where that's the I question. Go? I want to do. I want to do Cali stuff. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Stanford and Fresno. Yeah, he's not going to say anything. Nailed it. So we're, we're look for the school, not the state, but that's fine. Uh, Nathan Wynn, who's someone you would have liked to see on the senior level either longer or who didn't wrestle at all? My number one is someone mm. we mentioned. He didn't lift many weights, but he lifted some weights. Ben Askren. Would have loved to see him go against Burroughs, cumulative scoring, don't think he beats Burroughs. I think Burroughs is like the archetype to give him trouble, but Ben Askren's the innovator, and I think it would have been really freaking awesome if he had just said, no, I'm going to wrestle throughout 74, etc. So, yeah, he's one. He's definitely one for me. We obviously mentioned Kale. His candle burned out long before his legend ever did. His <laughs> Willie. <laughs> Maybe my favorite line in FRL history from Willie. Uh, I was disappointed that John Reeder was uh, hinting at a comeback uh, recently, but uh, injuries and, and uh, I think a shoulder kept him from actually wrestling, but I thought it would have been cool to see him back in there. He's always fun. I was kind of always on this guy's train, and you may laugh, but I thought he could have done well at freestyle. I, I wanted to see Jamal Parks. Like, really dedicate himself to freestyle. Stop, man. I really... He's one of those guys I was always like... This dude is really, really good. If he can put it all together, and, what, and he DMP. I'm laughing at you, laughing at yourself. Well, you set yourself up. You played yourself. I pl- a little uh, bit. I give me. How about Stephen Neal? Yeah. Um, but at least he won worlds and stuff. Yeah. But it was really I, only like a year or so. Yeah, he didn't right? do it that he long. He just just showed up. Dominated and was like, all right, I'm gonna go make money. In the Along NFL. those lines, I would have liked to have seen Cejudo stick oh around. Oh my gosh, yeah, Cejudo's the obvious one. How yeah. did I not think of that? Yeah, what what happens to him after the Olympics? I mean, what if he didn't win and that would probably have kept him in longer? Yeah, I mean, you don't I mean, you take the gold medal as a fan. You, you think he but. he quit wrestling in 2008, basically? Yeah, you can say he kind of came back, but those were just flirtations. No, no actual and he commitment. Still, and he looked really good. I thought he, I thought if like he trained like a little bit, he would have won the trial. He was wrestling at like Grandview when he was did his like 2012 comeback. Like, and you know, I'm not. When he did his 2012 comeback, I heard a lot of like not good things. Like, like he wasn't fully invested. He wasn't doing no. the right thing, right? Yeah. So. Matt, and then he, and then he went to the trials, and he looked he looked pretty freaking good. Well, he, he was right like, there with Simmons. He looked really good, and I'm like, man, if the stories are true that he didn't totally dedicate himself to this process, uh, imagine if he did, because he'd be world class. Yeah, so he's definitely one. And plus, you just think about what that weight was for us. We hadn't medaled. I mean, we medaled last year, but literally from him. To Gilman last year, it was just nothing. It was just this Henry Cejudo-shaped void. That really, uh, I didn't even realize that. I think that's true. Yeah, I, I, Angel got fifth, fifth, but that was it. Like Obi never placed. Danny Felix, Hayes, went Hayes never placed. Um, all those yeah. guys. 
So it would have been awesome to have him around. He's the ultimate what if. Um, and I think cumulative scoring would have benefited him as well. You know, he was just coming into his, yeah. So definitely disappointing. And think about it. He quits in like 2008. It takes him like 10 years to really reach the the pinnacle in, in another sport. Um, what about Ed? Yeah, I would have liked to seen it, but I, I don't know if we missed a, I don't know if we missed a transcendent guy or not. Um, I, I don't, I don't think we I, ever saw Ed at his freestyle maximum potential. For sure, not his maximum. It, right. it, and it's, you know, we'll wait to see how his MMA career progresses. He definitely, I don't know, it's tough to tell from his the few fights he's had and the training videos that you see, but it, it does, he could be more focused now. He could be actually, you know, that it's more of a career, that there's a, a, a more financial rewards involved. Um, so I don't know. He's definitely one. I think 86 is, I think he's a little small for that, especially on day before weigh-ins. Well, he's making like uh, 54 kilos now. Or <laughs> he's on the he's on the Caldwell thing. Him at, oh, if Ed Ruth could have gotten down to 79 kilos. Oh, my gosh. He oh, my be God. tearing people to shreds. You know what? Yeah. Him versus Dake. How about? Ruth <laughs> versus Dake is Can just. Can you imagine that at Final X, Dake versus Ed? Oh my god! Oh, jeez! Now, now I want to cry. Now, I do. <laughs> now I'm now I'm sad, Willie. Cancel the show. Uh, which? Well, this is a good one from JB Colat. Which FRL host kid will have the most prolific wrestling career? Well, I'm the only one with a child, so <laughs> <laughs> money is on Caleb. Caleb and Natalie, honestly, yeah. so, so far prove me wrong. Spot the lie. Can't uh, argue with that. Hey, KB, when are you gonna have children? I don't know. Ooh, on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> My ass is in the jackpot right yeah. now. <laughs> give it, give it time. You, if you're wondering at home, we are not letting Nomad procreate. So. <laughs> We're doing whatever we can. Oh, There's, although I'm sure... Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Strike that from the record. Yeah, that could have gone a lot of <laughs> options. <laughs> <laughs> Strike it. Early FRL question. What coach would you... It's not early now, but yeah. What coach would you like to see come out of retirement for at least one season, and what team would they lead? Must have retired five yeah, plus years ago. What? This is the easiest answer ever. Yeah, it's Gable. Dan Gable. Uh, listen, guys, I love the questions. Some of your questions are getting quite uh, complicated. Everything is so hypothetical <laughs> with other questions now. It's <laughs> August. It's, so it's August. Yeah, you got to dig deep into the mind. I have I'm to here for have, it. They have to retire five years ago. They must eat. They use skim milk on their cereal, and they can only coach in the ACC. And gluten intolerant. Right. Mm, I guess it's Gable. I don't. There's not many coaches I'm like, man, I wish he would keep coaching. Yeah. Who other Especially, than Gable? Uh, Joe C? No. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, normally like the... <laughs> really like that one. <laughs> Bobby Douglas? When you think of great coaches, they almost always either retire you know get to the end of the line because coaching obviously yeah. you do a lot more than uh it's easier on your body than competing so well gable's one of the big what ifs right i mean the guy retired i think before he was 50 right like very young that's insane yeah imagine if he's i mean you know yeah. 10 more years j-rod i wish j-rod was still out here he ain't been gone five years but he does not yep doesn't meet doesn't meet the criteria oh uh, yeah Crap. disqualified mm. get free j-rob i can't I can't think of any. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Gable. Other than Gable. Yeah. I think this guy just wanted us to say Dan Gable. Yeah. <laughs> Will, you win, Will. Um, I don't know if we want to do that one. Do, do, do. Nope. What? What would you do to find success if you were coaching a smaller D1 team with only five full scholars? Example, the Tim Flynn approach. Well, he's got full scholars now, right? Well, yeah. You know, he means Edinburgh. <laughs> you know that. I don't know. Dang. If I knew that, I'd probably be coaching D1. You got you What gotta, would you do to find success if you were coaching a smaller D1? Five, you know what I would do? Here's what I would do. Know. I would hire the fathers of the best wrestlers in the country to work for, like, the RTC, and then they would, <clears throat> then their kid would come. Here's yeah. what I would do. The Lake Erie Beat RTC. that. Beat that. Beat I that would idea. Get, hire Kyle Brackey. Obviously. But, because then I would get... I would sign Mitchell Port, AJ Shop, and David Habit. 
Mm. That's it? That's it. That's my key to success. <laughs> so it sounds to me like he's asking what are the Moneyball approaches. Not Moneyball like you have to go into stats or whatever you think. Moneyball means Moneyball to me means uh, uh, using the limited resources and turning them into your advantage and figuring well, out I ways mean, to get more with less. I mean, really, it's not a mystery what Tim Flynn did. He just did it better than everybody other guys in his situation could do. I mean, he he recruited well. And he coached those guys up. I mean, Mitchell Port was a serious recruit. Yeah. Um, AJ Shop, a very good recruit. I mean, highly State ranked. State champion. Not 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 highly ranked, but mid tier. Like so, Mitchell Port, upper echelon guy. Shop and 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 Habit were like mid tier guys. So you talk about identifying them, getting them, and developing them. And remember, he, um, they had De Palma there too. He yeah. transferred out. And you know they they've gotten they've done a good job of looking at um, they they've gotten guys from New England often. Yeah, I think you got to um, figure out a way to sell your school, which is easier said than done. But we when we were torn with Lockhaven, that Willie you decided not to join us on. But we got you know it's a small campus. It's it doesn't have a big name. It's Division two and other stuff. So you think how do you how do you get someone to come here? And then they brought us up to the top of this mountain and they showed us a lot of the the, the cool stuff that you still have in there. And you go oh yeah this would be great. I mean it's the summertime too that helped. But you have to figure out a way to to present your school in its most you know uh, in its best light. Here's what I would do. I would go to the recruiting epicenter of Dagestan. And start poaching those guys. I would just oh. get a bunch of Gelagayevs. We ran that Gelagayev video. Kyle and I were like, why don't more people just go get Russians, bring them over here, and just watch what happens? How I mean, did they get him anyway? Cormier. Cormier. It, even, it even said that on his Oklahoma State athletic page. They were, he it was, was over like, there training. He became like, friends awesome. with Daniel Cormier. <laughs> so Daniel was like, "You, hey, why don't you go to school over here? And he was like, okay, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you'll go 197. It'll be awesome. I want to I talk about him for a second. Because. Yeah. My favorite heavy ever. His junior year. His junior year when he got this hurt. Is this he is was, good. I have a field day with that. He was 24-0 oh before <laughs> he got hurt and had to miss the rest of the year. But, uh. To that point in the year, he had majored the eventual champion, Tony Nelson. He'd majored Bobby Telford, and he teched a freshman, Nick Wazdowski, which ended up All-American placing yeah. that year. Unbelievable. 20 to 2. The most interesting thing about Z, there was a lot. Like, he threw everybody, he had all this crazy stuff. He was amazing on top. He, he was, like, tilting guys at a really high level. Like, it's pretty rare that you see someone just come over and be, like, that good... Uh, on the mat in general, but like to tilt heavyweights, which like most heavyweights can't even do. Now he wasn't a prototypical heavyweight, obviously, but just he's, to al- see he's also him not do- growing up learning top wrestling. Yeah, I know it's amazing. There's just- zero that going on, zero tilts. There's guys that have Russia. been taught tilts their entire careers. They can't hit tilts, and he just learned it and did it. So it says prior to OSU, he trained under Russian wrestling legend Buvasar Satiev in Krasnyarsk. Oh, the Kraz school. For five years. It's weird that oh, Vaisar Satya. Yeah. <laughs> Satya uh, was really good with bars on top. <laughs> <laughs> his bars, his tight waist. He Great was third breakdown. at the 2006 Russian Nationals. Yeah. What? Yeah. 2006? Yeah. He was out here in 2013. <laughs> Dude, he, he, was, he was 31 probably. He definitely had maybe some old man strength, but I'm here for it. Yeah, it's weird that Satiev was out in Krasnyarsk. That's in Siberia, way, way, way to the west. <laughs> Nowhere near. And he's from uh, Dagestan slash Chechnya, which is way in the south in the east. Oh, no, southwest. The far east is where Siberia is. Anyway, you look at a map, it's like incon- it, like ridiculously far apart where like the U.S. is only like half as wide yeah, as Russia. Yeah, it's like Virginia to Hawaii, basically. Yeah, it's crazy. Russia's big, turns out. Big place. So, yeah, I would get more Russians. I don't know why you can't get more Russians. If I were a coach, I would at least try to get one, right? Come get, get, a, one, yeah. get American education. They got Z up to speed. Why couldn't they? Why, and know. Z's apparently crushing it, like, in yeah, Wall Street or Wall something. Yeah, Wall Street. They're, they're smart. I, I would use that, too, as an example. It'd be like, you want to look at his success. Look at this. this he said, so we said, like, in the copy of the video, we miss 
you know, Alan Galagayev, and he commented back on Instagram and said uh, he missed us too. <laughs> that warms my heart. Print that out and frame it. Print it. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's get more Russians. It would be awesome. All right. Uh, if you see one you want to, you would like to ask, please feel free to jump in. After this upcoming season, when Nolf and Nickel graduate, who would you say is the favorite to win the following year? And if it's PSU, who would you say could contend for a title? Well, I think they lose Nolf and Nickel and Nevels for what that's worth. We'll see. Kassar could supplant him uh, coming into this year, but still a guy. I, th- I think it is going to be – I think Iowa is going to be potentially the team to beat there. Now, it's a lot of it is hinging on, you know, how good do these guys, these PSU recruits turn out. If they, if they continue the trend of panning out at a high level for Penn State, then they're probably going to be the team to beat again. They're going to be good at all ten weights next year, no matter who they roll out. But, you know, if Gavin RBY – there's issues there if if Bergie's not what I think he's going to be which is really good if Joe Lee maybe struggles it's going to be tough if if um, Beard is not the man right that then it'll be hard right and they may not be able to win um, I'm uh, I think Aaron Brooks is going to do crazy things I mean he might have another extra sure. year before he actually starts but he's another guy that Brooks is someone I'm like I'm penciling in transcendent success yeah, yeah. I'm like this guy is going to win multiple national titles I just feel very confident I don't feel I mean as good as Penn State has been, and they've been amazing, um, there was, you know, several times where uh, they're, they're, they won by the skin of their teeth. So um, I think they can be as good as they've been and, and still take second some years and third some years. Um, but I do think I do think they. They probably like. Let's just say Joe Lee doesn't turn out, or he's not Chenzo. Right, like right. Joe Lee's not Vincenzo. Joe. L- literally, and, that's what is like supposed to. That's like kind of the tra- right. trajectory. Right. So let's say you know, Penn State will. They're they're, they're always going to be top three. They're. It's just always going to happen. If they get Kirkley, because, it, it's because uh, if they. The thing is, if Penn State misses on some guys or. You know what? You know what hasn't happened? Penn State hasn't gone to the NCAA tournament and had had their number one seed take sixth. I just like that happens to other teams. <laughs> it hasn't happened to Penn State. Yeah. Um, which is mind blowing. Yeah. To think of all the top seeds that they've had over the last eight years, and at no time did anyone stub their toe. Yeah. It's insane. So that's gonna ha- it, it is gonna happen at some point. But Penn State's always going to be top three because if, if, if Uber Recruit X doesn't work out at 165, Uber Recruit Z is going. They're just going to replace him with somebody. Yeah. They're going to get Z. Got guys gonna, back. Come back also, according to Oklahoma State's athletic page, when he was born, he would have been 27 his last NCAA tournament. He's younger than Tanner Hall, I think. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm not saying that to like make a joke. I think that's like uh, factually. It's not true absurd. Thing. No, 27. That's okay. It's Russian years. Maybe he's 32. He's no. Pro- <laughs> he's no problem. This is no problem. Yeah, count Russian years. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a there's a little different math you need he to ma- do with he guys. Makes he, he makes age. He makes age. <laughs> he makes age very well. Uh. 197. He did not make very well. Very hard. <laughs> um, Prediction on how many times wrestling nomad showers on vacation. <clears throat> Don't know if he's a big shower guy. No, I've, I could see him, like, just annoyingly bathing, like taking baths. Oh, like, yeah, like, he'll be like, I don't trust shower heads in the state <laughs> or something. Like, the yeah. water pressure's no good, so I'm all, going all baths. Yes, something like that. I could see him doing that. <laughs> yeah, so Will, I'll, Will I'm agrees. Gonna, I'm going to go I'm gonna go off topic or off the board and say zero showers and two baths. Two baths. <laughs> I think I think uh, four baths, one shower, and a sponge bath. What is the NCAA match that was most anticipated but never ended up happening, or guys in the same NCAA bracket that we wish would have ended up wrestling in hindsight? Great question. Great question. Oh, that requires so much yeah, research. Yeah, I know. So you just kind of have to you just have to have it kind of in your mind, I guess. Um, Perry Askren never happened. Would have liked to see that one. You know, I think we kind of know how it would probably go. What were they in the same bracket? 
I think one year they were both at 74. I remember Perry was a 74. His true freshman year when, no, maybe not. That could be untrue. Yeah, what were some, I mean, listen, I can't answer this question uh, because I can't, I, I have to go through brackets to be like, yep, that was, well, I guess that was they a thing. The same, right? yeah. But listen, it would be awesome to come up with the, the you know, the best match, most anticipated matchups that never happened, go through the brackets. Um, I, I, I can't answer this because I can't do it off the top of my head. Do you have any? I mean, was it Nickerson and Escobedo that were supposed to hit one year and then the freshman spoiled the party? Well, they did hit. Um, they wrestled. But they, they were back at the next. They were they were both in the same bracket the next year, right? It was that year. Uh, when Andrew Long and McDonough made the finals, Nickerson and oh, Escobedo oh, oh. wrestled for third. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perry and Askin were in the same bracket, but Perry lost to Herbert in the semis. Got it. So that would have been a fun one. Um, even, oh my gosh, Ben Askren beat Jake Herbert fourteen to two. That was, that was unbelievable. I remember, <clears throat> I worked at a hotel front desk, and I was watching that, and it was, it was when I first was like becoming a huge fan of wrestling, and I was like, who is this guy? He just smashed this undefeated dude that looks like Captain America. On um, that was an awesome match. Okay. Um, Northern Colorado is recruited very well. How do you see them this year and in the future? How long till Nixon's looked at for other jobs? So yeah, Troy Nixon been doing an outstanding job, recruiting well. They're getting uh, Alirez. That ru- guy's awesome. Rumors swirling about Therius Robeson. We'll see. That's one of my favorite dudes. Uh, if they get him, that'd be awesome. <coughs> when he starts getting looked at for other jobs, um, it'll it'll probably happen in the next couple of years. I, I would imagine he'll start getting some guys on the podium. That always helps. That's what, you know, that's what helped Chris Bono, right? It's like, yeah, you do a good job. You build a program. But once you start getting guys that win NCAAs and are placing and you have a couple out of nowhere All-Americans, that's when people really – that's what elevated Pat Pop. It's like Binghamton is like, how is this happening, right? And then he's at NC State. And if yeah. he can he's – like, he's like right on the bubble there where once he starts getting one or two All-Americans – then people start taking notes, and it doesn't help. It doesn't help or hurt Troy that he's a NWCA guy, and Mike Moyer uses his influence to get guys jobs, and he's done that consistently. Sometimes to the detriment of the program, i.e., Bloomsburg, when he tabbed the clearly wrong choice. Um, so that's certainly going to help him as well. Um, and I've said it several times. I mean, we've talked about it. Uh, Colorado has some good talent coming up, so. If he can recruit well in his own state, which he can and will, um, they can have like surprisingly good success. I mean, for Northern Colorado historically. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think for sure his trajectory is high. Um, okay. Can we tell the Wisconsin uh, football story? <laughs> oh yeah. So Colby, our, our guy, our guy Colby Paxton at Flow Football. Check him out uh, at Flow Football. He's the man. Do he it. actually is the one brave soul that sits with our wrestling team. Willie doesn't even do that. Willie literally left the entire state. Willie sits further from he the wrestling team. He literally sits in a different anybody. time zone. He yeah. sits he won't even sit in the same time zone. No one sits further away from the wrestling crew, technically. <laughs> yeah. Than, than Willie Sale. We're closer to like the product people than Willie. Hey, so I want Colby that. Colby is the man. He is the man. Well, and he would never leave his friends for Easton. Um, <laughs> Probably not. I don't think he's going to see Colby to Easton. I, I know. That's why I said it. He would not do it. Um, so anyways, we were at Wisconsin. I think we've told this story, but it's worth repeating again. So Wisconsin's really good this year at football. They're kind of good every single year. Yeah, they've they're gone like, to a few Rose Bowls. Yeah. So we're in the middle of Camp Randall, which is the Wisconsin football stadium. And we're kind of like we're playing spike ball on the 50-yard line. And some security <laughs> dude comes up. And is like, ah, you can't really be here. And Bono kind of like talks us out of it, and we, we get to stay a little bit longer. And Bader's like, Wisconsin, they even good at football? And we're like, <laughs> being we're, dead serious. We're like, in the 90,000 person stadium. <laughs> and there's like all these Rose Bowl and Big Ten titles. And it's like, it's very clear this is a football like school, right? Yeah, they and, have a good wrestling team, but you're going to know Wisconsin football. Like, it, made it, it made it worse, too, you know, that. 
Last year they went twelve and one, won the Orange Bowl, and are going to start start the year ranked in the top five. Yeah, yeah. And but how about just being? We walked through like their tunnel with all of, like, <laughs> yeah. the jerseys of the guys that are in the NFL and all the crazy trophies in their weight room. Is the we size walked of by a Ron Dane's Eisman Trophy, like all <laughs> yeah. this, all this <laughs> stuff sitting on the fifty yard line. Like, There's ninety thousand seats. Those people, all, like they don't build it. Just he to have like an empty stadium. He like legit thought he was burning them too. He's like, like he's like, am I right? And we're like, no, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> They're like one of the best programs in college football. That's why Bader's Bader great, though. Because he's no, Bader's not a sports guy, really. No, he's a wrestling guy. Which only. makes it so and great that you could that he could be that into wrestling <laughs> and not football or co- or anything. And then like we like yell so, at him. He's like, whatever. I don't even care. It's amazing. But yeah. then what made it even better is then we were in uh, the uh, uh, Barry Alvarez's like office, literally right outside his office. Um, College football royalty. Yeah, Bader wasn't there, but I got to I, I put the camera on while we're waiting to be uh, uh, ushered into the big man's office, and uh, just asked if you guys remember that, and uh, he did. And then we also caught Nomad creeping in the background. So that, that was, was a good weird clip. too. A uh, quick flow of football plug, if oh, you don't mind. Love it. Um, College football's back this weekend. There's like four games, and one of them is on flow football. Uh, UMass and Duquesne. So but you already knew that. All you flow or football fans who want to catch some college football, your flow wrestling subscription works on flow football. Your money is good there. Uh, pro guys. UMass, Duquesne, yeah. 430 Central. There we go. Oh, and then Colby uh, jumped in to Twitter, <laughs> and that's why we brought it up uh, again, or I brought it, because that was one of the questions for FRL, is, is Wisconsin even good at football? Colby, Colby asked that uh, jokingly because he knows that. He good. got a Wisconsin helmet. Yeah, I know. They, sure that, they sent like, it to you, him. Wow. Yeah. They didn't give us any helmets. <laughs> on, Wait, Wisconsin sent who a helmet? Colby. Colby for, like, to put up, like, when we shoot the podcast. Wisconsin? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Football, watch he, out. He told all his friends that. Hmm. Uh, okay. Let's see. Find another question here, friends. Um, yeah, right. Colby loves me. I know. He's your buddy. Um, this is something. Was I looking at this with you? Does any team ever catch Iowa's 170 point record? PSU has been as dominant as anyone, hasn't come close. <laughs> mm. I think Nomad. It was Nomad. Was Nomad. Yeah, he he loves to. D- he was sitting next to you. We all sit. Well, yeah, but he's he sitting next to you. Yes. Yeah. Talking about like basically looking at like the top like 10 scores ever. Yeah, Nomad had. He's got. He I don't know if Penn up. State has one that's been in the top. They're like their highest one's like eighth. I'm trying eighth, to, which is crazy to think about, and it makes me kind of think maybe not because I'm I'm going out on a limb and just saying, obviously I don't know the ins and outs of the the how tough it was in 1997, but I think there's just more good wrestlers now, right? And it's just you can't do that. I mean, they're gonna have five. They could have <clears throat> Penn State could have had six champs last year. They wouldn't have. Yeah. They wouldn't have broken the record. I right? think the transfer rule also is gonna make that tougher. Um, yep. You Good know, point. You guys are going to move and 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 get more points or create, you know, rival teams. Like a guy like McKenna can just go over to Ohio State. He did that before the transfer move, but you'll see stuff like that. Um, and it makes – I mean, I do think that Penn State one year – or I think this will fall. Someone will get six NCAA champs at some point. I think it would make the most sense to say it'll be Penn State uh, at some point. But I think that will fall six champs before – 170 points. Their highest scoring team right now, 2017, 146 and a half points is 11th all time. Wow. wow. Insane. Yeah. And that's like adjusted scores. It's not like, and actually, I guess the points were, are easier to come by than they were in the past. So pretty crazy, as amazing as they've been, that their teams technically are not. Oh, also the qualifying was different. That was when you still qualified based on how your conference did the year before or something. If you look at <laughs> why did they do that? If you look at um, the number of pins um, in every NCAA yeah. tournament, the number of pins go down stupid. after they change the qualification because it basically meant guys that were not top thirty-three were qualifying in the old system and getting pinned. You know, Is that twice what it or was? That's crazy. Yeah, but then once they made the qualifying process a little more accurate to reflect trying to get basically the top 33 plus. So the only automatic qualifier that a guy might not as deserve as much would be like if a conference gets their one and nobody yeah, guys, in that conference is, is that good. Yeah. So that, that brought get, uh, the parity level up and it brought the number of pins down. So that's less points on the table. seven qualifiers this year. Well, three of them graduated. 
Oh, F it. We're running with it. Yeah, I'm just going with it. <laughs> also, just, keeping it going. just to clarify real quick, so they're 11th all time when you adjust the scores of Iowa's and Oklahoma State's teams to the scoring now. process now. Mm. But if you look at it just straight up points, 2017, they would be the eighth highest scoring okay. team. So but the, eight. they're still a long way to yes. go. That's unreal. Because, I, I mean, those are some of the best teams that have ever done it. And you think about what Willie mentioned earlier. They've had some close calls. 2013 was close. <coughs> Alan Gallagher of the aforementioned, if he doesn't try to jump over Tony Nelson and he makes the finals, Oklahoma State wins. 2014, Oklahoma State and Minnesota were right there to win it. The it Dardanes brothers. The Dardanes brothers. Not um, placing. Not placing killed them. Um, and then last year comes down to that. So it's amazing that they've Miles been. And, Bo. and I think that actually typifies our, our point that just like the country is better at wrestling. The teams, there's more really good teams and it just makes it harder even though we believe those teams are probably better than some of the ones that have scored more points it's just like it's just how you're compared to the field right so really interesting stuff um any other questions before we depart for dear friends mm. there's one that's a, a heat map so very near and dear to my heart mm. this is going to be hard to do but um penn state's roster before kale to see where in-state athletes were going. Matt uh, Gingo. That's a good good question. I think I can take the uh, their qualifiers, at least, and map them and just do it the pre-Kale year. They used to, Penn State used to have much more uh, of their roster was from Long Island and New Jersey. Hmm. That I mean, I think before even very recent <laughs> history, but Jersey guys were going everywhere. Rutgers was not a... The one competitive school, Princeton, was even West Virginia, worse. just in general, gets a ton of uh, New Jersey people. Yeah, it's just kind of always has. Yeah, even just regular students. Yeah, big draw. Yeah, well, you know, and we talked about it before. Penn State, you know, Kale said he's one of the things was Penn State, ta- uh, Pennsylvania talent, but um, he's definitely going to go after the best nationally, and just the the composition of the big board's last few years is that he's gone after a lot of out-of-state talent. For sure. It hasn't been a lot of PA guys. But that, I mean, that clearly the secret sauce, it's you have to be a guy like Kale to do it, and you have to have a state like Pennsylvania, and you have to be the big state school in Pennsylvania. But if you can get some of the top Pennsylvania guys, not every guy, but most of them, and then cherry pick some of the best in the country, it's, that's, that's the ticket. I've said for years, if you're the best coach at the best school in the, the best, best wrestling state, you are going to do well at... Yeah, just replicate that. I don't know. Yeah. More coaches should why, do that. Why don't other people follow the Kale model of going to the best state in the best school mm. and being the best coach? That would be, <laughs> that would be genius. Uh, On that note, LJ, feel free to please play um, our outro music. Nomad's uh, live, by the way. Nomad Confirmed? Yeah, he, he chatted me. Wow. what did right. he say? So he's listening. Thanks Hey, shout out to the Wrestling Nomad. Nomad, I'm keeping your seat warm. Thanks, dude. Yes. Get back safe. <laughs> Thank you to Andrew Spay for hopping in. Uh, our, our Wrestling Nomad shape hole. Thank you, Kyle Brackey, Willie Saylor. Thank you to you. Thank you to ASICS for your support of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. We will be back next Tuesday. Come heck or high water. Willie, can you commit to Tuesday? I can. Hey, what shirt are you wearing? Uh, this is Corrosion and Conformity. Thanks for pointing that out. I saw them at Emo's in Austin. They rock. He's got uh, a dark side, boys and girls. Dark side. He's the bad boy. Of, conformity is not that heavy. Oh, they're so heavy. I mean, they're calm. He's a numbers guy with a dark side. Oh, Pepper, yeah. Pepper Keenan. I love it. Guitars. All right. Thanks a All lot. Right. We'll be back Tuesday. See you next time. Have a nice weekend. <laughs>